0: you should know right off the bat. I've had four cups of coffee. I'm a little nervous. Did I mention my name's Chadi? Yeah. Oh, um, this is a podcast for imperfect people. And, uh, you should know that, uh, I cry in corners. True story. What's up, guys? Chadi here. We are on episode nine of season six. Today, we are talking about uh, praying. Um, So we've been talking about pretty much how to thrive in difficult seasons, how to uh, stay. Oh, Oh, my gosh thriving in difficult seasons. I call this uh, thriving in Babylon. And we thrive in Babylon. We thrive in a culture that is counter to everything we are meant to live in and be in. Um, And we do that by being determined and faithful, having an even-if attitude, um, having a sense of remembering, living set apart, living from a place of victory, uh, being dreamers and visionaries, and by praying. And so we find Daniel in episode 9. In chapter 9, In case you haven't caught on yet, I'm going through the book of Daniel. Chatty, why? Because Daniel is the perfect example of how to thrive uh, in seasons where things are unfair, they're unjust, but yet miracle signs and wonders happen throughout the book of Daniel. And even though the circumstance was less than ideal and legit unfair, he thrived. It literally says he thrived. (laughs) And so I want to thrive because I believe that our lives are literally lived in exile from here to eternity. I believe that. I believe from here until uh, Jesus comes back to rule and reign on the earth, uh, we as believers, as followers of Yahweh, um, will be living in a Babylon type situation, a culture that is counter to what we believe. And who we are, uh, yet we're still meant to thrive here. We're still meant to love and lead and serve people here. We're meant to see miracle signs and wonders here. And um, that's what I'm navigating this season in my real life and in this podcast. And so my prayer is as you're watching, as you're listening, that you are learning how to thrive um, with that same mentality, being determined and faithful, even if remembering, set apart, living victoriously, uh, dreaming, uh, having vision. And uh, today, um, if you want to thrive in Babylon, you got to pray. So as a kid, they, I grew up in like a, a Spanish church, like a very, very Spanish church. And so we would have these like all night prayer vigils, vigilias is what we call them. And uh, I hated them. Oh my God. It was like crazy ladies with flags and the screamings and the prayer. Like prayer to me didn't seem fun. Prayer to me was like what old ladies do. Um, and it was weird to be quite honest with you. I was like, why am i to pray this is this is weird but the older i got the more i realized that prayer for me is not like sitting down being like thus saith the lord hallowed be your name and and sitting down and being like ding ding like that's not prayer to me prayer to me is an open dialogue all day long 24/7 with my creator when i think of my prayer life i don't think of it as something i have to go into a room and and uh engage prayer. I'm always praying. And by always praying, it means I'm always talking to God. I'll be walking at work and I'll be like, Lord, what are you doing here? God, what are you saying here? It's like I'm on a phone call that never turns off. So for me, when I read Daniel 9 and he's praying and he's praying pretty strategically, it makes me want to go ahead and already take that open dialogue that I have with God all day long, and add these five things to it. Because, you know, Jesus teaches us how to pray. I think it's in Matthew. Um, and how to seek God, how to approach the throne. But Daniel does it in the worst season ever. And um, I I love this chapter. I'm going to do a lot of Bible reading today. So if you haven't got your Bible reading in, it's fine. I really enjoy reading. Um. I'm in Daniel 9. It says, in the first year that Darius the Mede ruled over the Babylonians, I, Daniel, was studying the word of the Eternal One according to the prophet Jeremiah. Daniel. I respect you. I love Jeremiah. Uh, he uh, he found the scrolls at the years of Jerusalem must lie desolate before it was restored. That is 70 years. So he's reading the Bible. He's reading the Torah or not the Torah, but um, the scrolls from his people. He's in Jeremiah. And in Jeremiah, you can go back and read it in Jeremiah 29, where it's like where they, Jeremiah is like, hey, you guys are going to go into exile. And you're going to go into exile for this many years. So he's reading this. And after learning this, I turned to the Lord God and prayed diligently, begging for his mercy, grieving and fasting and Cloth and ashes. Okay, so I'm going to just read through the chapter exactly how I did and highlighted it and stuff. And I'm going to give you the five things of how to pray in exile seasons, how to pray in um, difficult seasons. So pray, you pray in certain ways. And so I find Daniel doing that. He has that open dialogue. He's in the Word. And so uh, he's praising his greatness and confessing for our sins. Lord God, you are great and awesome. You are always faithful to the covenant you made with us. Your unfailing love extends to all who love you and keep your commands. Okay, so that's the first four verses. The first thing I want to tell you is that when you don't know what to pray and you don't know how to pray. (laughs) I wrote down, pray with a firm foundation. So go to the word. It literally says, I, Daniel, was studying the word of the eternal according to the prophet Jeremiah and discovered these scrolls. So he's in Jeremiah. He realizes like, dang, we could be here for a while. And he's like. I need to talk to God about this. And immediately he goes to start praying. And He starts praying very specifically. But when he prays, dude, he prayed with a firm foundation because he was in the word. I think when we're not in the word and we're not filled with the word of God, uh, what happens is we pray crazy, like crazy, crazy, and not like supernatural crazy, like I believe God's going to do great things. Like crazy, like, oh God, what am I going to do? Oh, it's crazy. It's emotional. Ah. We get emotional, like you need to pray with a firm foundation. So you can tell he's firmly founded in uh, his creator because he prays to the eternal one, praising his greatness and confessing sins. You are great and awesome. Lord, you're always faithful to, to a covenant you made with your unfailing love. I have snots. I don't know what's going on right now. Um, <clears throat> he says all this awesome stuff. He says, uh, we sinned, we wronged you. We've acted wickedly in our rebellion, going so far as to disagree with your commandments. He's like, God, I know all this stuff. This is what Jeremiah says. This is what my people did. Lord, these are the things I know. He's like so in the word. He knows where they've come from. So he knows how to speak into the things that he's current. He has a firm foundation. I love this. Oh, Lord, you always do what is right. It's in seven. It is your It is your due. But we deserve nothing uh, this day but public and open shame. The people of, Judah, of Jerusalem, indeed of all of his, those who are neighboring regions. Like he's going and he's like, dude, we belong in exile. <laughs> like, we did this to ourselves. Eternal one, public and open shame is our due, for we have sinned against you. All of us are kings, princes, ancestors, but you, O oh Lord, our God, still show us compassion and forgiveness, even though we have openly rebelled against you. So, first you need to pray with a firm foundation. He was in the word. He knew why they were in exile. He knew the people he belonged to. He had context. And so, When he was praying with a firm foundation, he prayed knowing, look, these are the things that I know are certain. These are the things that I know that we've done. And so if you pray with a firm foundation, you also need to pray with perspective. I love it. He's like, God, you're always faithful. God, you're always right. When you don't know what to pray, pray what you know. I find that in the moments where I'm the most overwhelmed, I just pray what I know. And this is what I know. God, you'll never leave me nor forsake me. God, you're bigger than whatever this is. I literally speak those things out. And he does that here. He says, you are always faithful. You always do what is right. All the people of Israel have abandoned your teachings, deserted your covenant and refused to obey. Like, he's like, pretty much we put ourselves here. This is what I know to be true. He's, his perspective isn't like, oh my God, what was me? Oh, I'm in exile. Oh, I'm so unfair. Like, don't, pr- you need to pray with perspective. Pray knowing that God is on your side. Chadi, I don't feel like God's on my side. Well, don't trust your feelings because you can't trust your feelings. Feelings aren't meant to be trusted. They're meant to be indicators. I got a whole season of the podcast on that one. Go back to one, start from the beginning. Feelings are great, but don't pray with your feelings. You pray with perspective. You pray with a firm foundation. You pray knowing that God is for you and he's never gonna be against you. Like God is for you. He's the God that literally brought you into whatever situation you're in and he's the God who's gonna walk you out because he's just that faithful. He literally says you are always faithful. What if we started our prayers in seasons that are difficult with God? You're always faithful. What kind of perspective shift is that for us? If everything we lived and how we walked, it was the perspective that God, you're always faithful. God, you do what is right. God, I'm pretty sure this is my fault that I'm in this situation. But if it's not, Lord, give me the right perspective and the right heart. Put me in that firm foundation, God, to understand you. Chadi, what do you mean pray with a firm foundation? What do you mean? What do you mean pray with perspective? Remember that dialogue that I'm constantly on with God, that phone call. See, um, <clears throat> if you want to uh, grow in your walk with God, your prayer life has to be significant. Like, I, dude, it had to be Bill Johnson. He said something about like, like you want you don't pray big enough prayers for the revelation that you that you're seeking. He had this whole book on prayer. I forgot. I got to find it and I'll put it in the um, lower thirds or in the notes on the podcast or something, but like, dude, like you, you want big miracles. You got to pray big prayers and you got to, and it's got to be something that's consistent in your life all the time. Like I can't imagine being married to my husband who I've known since I was 14 years old and never talking to him. Like we don't ever talk. Like that'd be weird. We live in the same house. Like how, how am I not going to talk to him? Every I talk to him about everything all the time. Like, yo, no, I'm not going to talk. Never mind. Point is we're always talking. Like, so I take that because I love my husband and I want to be around him. I want to hear his voice and I want to, it's the same thing with God. I want to hear what he has to say. I need to hear what he has to say. So I'm always talking to him. So when I talk to him, I don't talk at him. I talk with him. So because I don't want to talk at him, I, I pray with perspective. I talk to him with perspective. I talk to him with a firm foundation in the word. At the end of the day, he's always faithful. faithful. At the end of the day, he does what is right. At the end of the day, I'm probably sure I've somehow put myself in this situation. And we find Daniel in the same way, seeking God with perspective, with a firm foundation. And then it goes on. I love this. It says, it literally is like, you're due, but we deserve nothing this day but public open shame. And then he goes on to say, all the people of Israel have abandoned your teaching, deserted your covenant and refused to obey your voice. Dude, you need to pray with a heart of repentance. When you talk to God, Like, we're imperfect. He's a holy, awesome God sitting on a throne with, like, angels. And I just, like, he's so holy. He's so holy and he's so awesome. And yet in his awesomeness and in his greatness and in his faithfulness, he loves us and wants us to be part of his family. So when I talk to God, I come at him with a heart of repentance. For example, if you ever went before a king, you wouldn't go in your pajamas. You wouldn't go looking like a slob, smelling like rank, and just without honor. So, in my mind, I don't go to God in that format. I go to God, going, God. I usually start my prayers with, God, you're so, you're so holy, God. You're worthy. I mean, think about it. That hallowed be thy name. That kingdom come, that will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Like pr- you pray with an understanding of how holy. He is. So I try to come to him with a heart of repentance, like Daniel did. Like, God, if there's anything I've done, if there's anything I've done in this season, whether it's good or bad, that hasn't honored you or that doesn't or doesn't bring glory to you or forgive me and then reveal it to me and show it to me. Because the last thing I want to do is be a person that's an ask to God. I want to be a give to God. I talk about this within friendships and how um, I always want to be a relationship for people or an encouragement to somebody where every time they come around me, they don't feel like they're like I'm asking them for something. I want to be a give. I want to be an encouragement. Well, you know what? I want to be like that for Jesus. I want, <laughs> I want Jesus to be excited when I come around and not like, oh, what do you want now? I don't think he does that because he's God and he's awesome. He's really nice. and He's got a lot of compassion and empathy and stuff like that. I don't have that. Um, But in my head, sometimes I think of how Jesus and Peter talked and how sometimes I think, I wonder if Jesus was like, shut up, Peter, you sound stupid right now. But he didn't. He didn't do that. But in my head, he did. So I don't ever want to be Peter to Jesus. You know what I'm saying? Where he was like, get thee behind me, Satan, you sound stupid right now. Like, I don't want to be like that to Jesus. So I come in my active prayer and in my walk Like Daniel did, God, I'm sure I'm the one that screwed this up. Our people screwed this up. So Lord, show me how to navigate this. He's seeking God. He is is persistent. He has a firm foundation. If you want to thrive in difficult seasons, you need to have an epic prayer life. And that epic prayer life needs to have a firm foundation. That epic prayer life needs to have perspective. That epic prayer life has to have a heart of repentance. And then it goes on, it goes on. Um, and he starts praying, uh, in, uh, 14, 13 and 14. And he's like, uh, despite our adversity, we've not sought favor for the eternal God by walking away from our sins and pursuing insight in the truth. He's like, God, even though we're here, people haven't really changed. Yikes. And then he's like, uh, we've earned misery. Um, he goes on to, um, 16 and he's like, I beg you to spare your city. He starts praying for the city. He starts praying for the Holy mountain. He starts praying for, literally, he's like praying for the people and If you wanna have an active prayer life, if you wanna thrive in difficult seasons, pray for the soil in which you're in. This dude, I love it. He's like, pray for, he started to pray for Jerusalem. He started to pray for what was, even if it was in ruins, even if it was broken, he was still praying for it. Like, dude, are you praying for the soil that you're in and the soil that you've come from and the soil in which you're going? Like, you have to have perspective and a firm foundation and a repentant heart to be able to look at your entire situation and go, Lord, I pray for that and I pray for that and I pray for where I'm at. And no matter where you take me, Lord God, I'm going to glorify you here. I beg you to spare your city, Jerusalem. Like, bro, at that point it'd have been like, yeah, nah, you should just let that Joker burn. Like, he's like, no, Lord, bless them, bless your holy mountain, turn away your burning anger and fire, your wrath from your people according to all your covenant mercies. God, remember, remember that we're in covenant. I love it. He has such a repentant heart. He's like, God, don't forget your covenant. Remember, Daniel knows that they're a treasured possession, God. He knows that they are people set apart. He's he's trying to remind God right now, Lord, hey, don't forget us. I love it, man. It's just like he says, lend an ear, oh God, and hear, hear this prayer. Open your eyes and see our deserted streets and witnesses the devastation across the city that bears your name. We are crying to you and asking you for mercy. 19, Lord, hear our prayer. Pray for pray for your soil, man. Pray for where you're planted. I think a lot of times people want to pray that God will remove them from the soil that they're planted in, instead of praying that God will bless them in the soil that they're planted in. So technically, yes, he's not praying for Babylon he's praying for jerusalem but he was just talking about jeremiah and jeremiah he he was a he was a prophet who during uh, they were about to be put in exile and all the prophets were like don't worry we're not going to be in exile don't worry everything's going to be great and jeremiah was like no actually we're going into exile we're actually going to go into exile for like 70 something years but god wants you to build your houses there god wants you to be fruitful there god wants you to get married he started to tell them this is the things i want you to do in babylon so like of course Daniel's not going to pray for God to bless him in the, and right then and there. He already knew God was going to bless him right then and there because he had a firm foundation in the Word. That's really good. I didn't even realize that until just now. So what he did is he prayed for the promise that was coming. He prayed for Jerusalem. Are you praying for your promise? Are you praying for your promise exactly where you are? Like, I wonder sometimes people that have infertility issues, I, I, I technically am battling infertility, but I'm not. I'm not, a ba- I'm not in a battle. I'm super, super thriving. And um, yeah, I don't believe in that. That's a different story for a different day. Point is this. I wonder how different your perspective would be people who struggle with infertility and by people I'm on, I'm one of them on that list. If you stopped praying, God, let me get pregnant instead of thank you, Lord, for my fruit. Thank you, Lord, for my legacy. Thank you, Lord, for what, for what, for what you're going to give me in my life. Lord, thank you for the kids, even if I don't see them on this side of heaven. Thank you for the, like, thank you for my kingdom, kids. That's what he's doing. He's thanking God and praying for Jerusalem. He, ain't even, he hasn't seen Jerusalem. He's been kidnapped. He lives in Babylon, yet he's praying for Jerusalem. I love this. Pray with a heart of repentance. Pray for the soil, the land, the city, the promise that you have. You need to be praying for your promise. Sometimes people get are like, hey, I want to pray for you and lay hands on you so that you can get pregnant. And it frustrates me, kind of makes me mad. And people are like, you don't, do you not believe that God has, has can, can let you get pregnant? No, man, I, I pray for my promise. I have awesome baby names, but I'm not living from a place of brokenness. If I get pregnant, great. If I don't, great. At the end of the day, my promised land is not attached to whatever I perceive as my promise. God knows what the promise is. God knows what Jerusalem should look like. God's the one that is faithful. My perspective is in the word, and my perspective is in the truth, that God, God is gonna work it out regardless. Some of you guys are praying, and you're praying for your promised land situation, but you gotta go through a wilderness before you can get to the promised land. And you're praying for your promise wrong. I think it was in one of the last episodes or I was talking about dreams and I used to always pray for a tour bus and God was like, please stop praying for a tour bus. You're not going on tour. Not like that anyway. I think we need to be careful how we pray for the promise because you can't have the promised land without the wilderness. You can't have the promised land without Egypt. Some of you are in that Egypt. Some of you are in that wilderness. Some of you are walking through some Jericho type situations and you're wondering, God, why haven't you moved yet? He has. You're just not there yet. It takes some stuff. There's some more rivers you got, some more Red Sea situations, some more Jordans you gotta cross before you even get to the Promised Land. And then some of y'all are mad because you get to the promised land and there's giants and you're like, nah, I don't really want this promise, Jesus. What? I'm sorry, you thought it was gonna be easy. Daniel knew this. He was praying for the promise because he's like, dude, if I can survive Babylon, I can survive anything. Are you How are you praying for your promise? Are you praying for your promise like the 12 spies that didn't have enough faith to believe that the promise was there? Are you praying like the two that actually believed it? I got the numbers wrong. There was 10, two, whatever. You know what I'm saying. You gotta pray. Pray for your promise, man. And, and if you wanna thrive in difficult seasons, how you pray matters. So let me go back. Some of you are like, I really wish you would be way more organized. No, man, I'm just reading the Bible like I do every day and I'm telling you how, you should know this by now. We're six, 50 something episodes into this joker. This is how I teach and we're family and I'm just having a conversation. I want you to thrive in Babylon. You thrive in Babylon by praying. How do you pray in Babylon? You pray with a firm foundation. You pray with perspective. You pray with a heart of repentance. You pray for your promise. You pray with a belief in your promise, no matter, man, you know what? I'm going to get to that promised land, and I don't care what it looks like, because at the end of the day, it's my promise. And he was praying for his promise, man. He was praying for Jerusalem. He was praying for what was to come. I wrote this down, that persistent prayer life draws in the heavenlies a persistent prayer life draws in the heavenlies I love this so much it says in 20 for much of the day I was pleading and praying confessing my sin dude look confessing my sin he was being repentant and the sins of my people of the promise of the ones behalf of Jerusalem and his holy mountain about this time um, of the evening while I was still pleading and praying and almost completely exhausted that man Gabriel remember from the last episode you remember the dude that came to help him understand Uh, the man Gabriel who had appeared to me in the early vision appeared again and reached out to me. Listen to what he says. Daniel, I have come for one purpose to offer you insight and understanding into these matters. And when you began your pleading earlier today, a word was issued and I was instructed to come and tell you about it for you are highly regarded by God. So place close attention, guys. Pray with expectation. Pray like you know the heavenlies are listening. Pray with an understanding. God, you know what? Show up. I can't tell you how many times in the last month I've been praying and I'm like sitting by myself. I'm like, God, show up. Show up. It won't be weird. Seriously, just do it. God, I want you to i want you to show up. You know why? Because I know that I'm a visionary and visionaries have a supernatural understanding of what God is doing. I know that I'm a dreamer and you're already telling me, God, that there's stuff for my future that you're going to work out and I don't need to understand it. I know this because I'm thriving in Babylon and I thrive in Babylon by doing all these things, allowing my life to be victorious and set apart and determined and having an even-if attitude. I thrive in Babylon by understanding, God, that you're the one at work. I leave that phone on all the time, seeking God. God, what are you saying? What are you doing? Lord, I want to have a repentant heart. I want, Lord, thank you for my promise. Thank you, God, for my promises. Thank you, God, that you're going to restore things. And I'm expecting. I'm expecting. Show up, God. Show up. Some of you are praying with no expectancy. And God wants to show up. He wants to show up. But you're not expecting Him to. If you want to thrive in Babylon, you got to pray. You pray with a firm foundation. You pray with perspective. You pray with a heart of repentance. You pray for your promise. You pray with expectancy. I love you, weirdos.